Hamatakiapi, relatives, I hope this podcast finds you in a good way. My name is Arlo Ironcloud Sr. I'm the cultural foods educator for Makoche Agriculture Development. I'm your host for this podcast. The MAD Podcast, we are based in Porcupine, South Dakota on a Pineage Reservation, home of the Oglala Lakota people. Our organization is working on reviving food systems, creating food systems that will benefit our grandchildren coming. We were always taught to imagine a good life for the oncoming generations. Here at Makoche, we choose food, food access, healthy food, food systems, food sovereignty, food back. Relatives, today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the cold. Oh, Sneelo. That's how you say it, Lakota. I'm here with my partner, my wife, One Shot. Good afternoon. This podcast, we're going to be talking about the cold, what it feels like. So, What do you mean you're talking about the cold and what it feels like? I think a lot of people know what it feels like to be in the cold. Um, well, I understand there's different types of cold. Right. There's probably like in the Yucatan, I think that's what it's called, yeah. where it's... um like negative 40, negative 50 or something like that. And then to our colds here in the Dakotas, yeah. where it gets it gets pretty cold. Yeah. Sometimes probably like negative 20 or something like that. Yeah. And then um, like on the coldest days. But then you also have other days too that are kind of chilly, yeah. but bearable. Should we get them on the mic? See if they'll jump on? Sure. See if they'll talk about it. Let me go grab one real quick. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Azure. Um, Azure Mini. I'm Louie Mini. Do you guys remember whenever we went camping in the snow? Yeah. When was that again? I think it was about a month ago. Yeah, I remember that. It was really cold. What did you guys think? Uh, it, was, it was good. Yeah, it was good. But weren't you cold? Nuh-uh. Yeah, I Nuh-uh. liked the cold. And I wasn't, and I was sleeping. I wasn't cold. I was hot. Were you guys worried at all because it was cold? No. Uh-uh. Oh, because we had warm jackets and stuff. I, that's why I wasn't worried. Oh, Me okay. too. The only thing I was scared of is those coyotes. <laughs> so what did you guys like about camping? It was kind of fun. I can smell nature. What did you guys think about the fires? Uh, the, the the remember how we had to cook by fire, we had to st- uh, stay up by fire. What do you guys think about the fire? I mean, that was cool. Yeah, that that was cool. Like, I really liked the taste of the food because it was it tasted much better. I liked the tea. Remember at night whenever I would tell you guys stories, yeah. you know, I would tell you stories. I don't remember any of those stories. Those anymore. stories, um, they're kind of cool how you guys talk about those stories. What was and your favorite part? The part where like, you say about like you were trying to earn money or trying to buy a game. Uh, yeah. And I wish I was born when you was because $20 can get yep. fireworks and stuff. So, you know, you're a seed and um, you're underground sleeping. So what wakes you up? That's one of my sisters, Linda Blackout. Linda is an ethnobotanist, food sovereignty activist, 
she teaches about food, plants, and medicine. Yeah, light, exactly. And not not just any light. Because, like, in the middle of the winter, you're a seed and you're kind of, like, laying – just, you know, seeds fall on the ground. They don't fall underground, right? Right. So so you're just kind of there. And what wakes you up is the light. But winter light will not wake you up. It's a different – you know, have you ever noticed that, like – you can look outside and tell that it's not winter anymore. You know, you can like feel a different sort of light. Um, the UV rays are totally different in the spring than they are in the winter. And the UV rays, uh, the, the light, um, when, once it changes over to spring, spring light, it will wake these guys up and they're like, Oh, that's the light, you know, that there it is. And so, um, they'll open their eyes now. Um, any plant that grows in a climate that gets cold needs the cold. They've adapted to it. So like um, teamsila seeds, like let's let's take those for example. If you're going to grow teamsila, like if you want to plant some in a garden, you have to like put them in a freezer or a fridge. And, and ha- you don't know necessarily how many days. It's usually between 30 and 90 days of being in the fridge. Um it doesn't have to be a freezer, you know, uh, but just like the frig- refrigerator. And um, the reason you have to do that is because you're mimicking, um, here you go, babe. Uh, you're mimicking what it would um, go through in the winter. Mm. It's called seed stratification or temperature stratification. So, okay. So let me, let me ask you this. Imagine you're a seed and, um, uh, you know, you're just sitting kind of just underneath the surface of the soil and all of a sudden winter comes and it's freezing cold. It's like 10 below, but there's no snow mm-hmm. on top of you. What happens? Seeds need snowpack and snow cover. And the pr- one of the problems with climate change is and, and uh, is, is dry, is, is the dry years, no moisture. Mm-hmm. So no snow falls. So our seeds have no blankets. And that um, uh, seeds, even cold temperature seeds like teamsila, um, cannot tolerate super cold temperatures with no snow blanket. Um, So they really need that. Um, In years, so like this year, we had so much snow, right? So I'm expecting, and we'll all see, but I'm expecting this is going to be an amazing year for teamsila, right? Um, Because it had snowpack. But I also think that's the reason why some people, some families take their teamsila and turn it upside down in the hole mm. because they're burying it to protect the seeds in years when there's not as much snowpack. Mm. Whereas some families leave the seeds standing, the, the plant standing up so that it'll dry up and roll away. And then you get, even though the seeds are sitting on top, you get more dispersal that way. Mm. Whereas if you bury it like this, you only get one, like, you know, one plant will come up from there. Um, so, but, but seeds need cold. Like, like if you are growing seeds in a garden, if you're grow if you're trying to plant choke cherry trees, then you should take those choke cherry seeds and put them in the fridge um, until you plant them because they need it. They have evolved under that and um, cold gives them the signal to sleep. And just like you need rest before you wake up feeling refreshed and you put all your energy into your day, seeds need to rest before they wake up so that they can put all their energy into growing. 
Um, otherwise, they have no energy. Like they're like they they store just like uh, perennials will store energy in their roots underground, mm-hmm. but annual plants store energy in their seeds. And um, if they uh, if they don't get that rest, mm-hmm. um, so, like if you if you think about seeds, if you think about like seed germination, it really is like a total freaking miracle. Like it, it really is the fact that that a seed, like think again, think of a teamsilla seed dropping onto the ground. The first of all, mice and other predators not coming by to eat it. Like that's amazing, you know. They'll serve that. Then for it to have the perfect conditions of like a snow blanket, um, uh, covering it up and keeping it from completely freezing, like that's amazing. And then the snow melting at the right time. Um, and then germinating without, again, without being eaten or without flooding or something like that. It's amazing. Or without mold. I mean, the fact that like, you know, all these seeds germinate and keep going is, is really amazing. Um, but if you're, if you're going to do it at home, you have to mimic nature. And, um, you know, like if you want to plant teamsilla in a garden, it's possible. You know, we know people who grow it, but, uh, you have to mimic what they would go through out there by putting it in the fr- in the fridge um, for at least thirty to ninety days, and then you can take it and plant it in the spring. I think for myself, um, my experience with this, with the cold like occurred a lot more often, mainly because we would run out of propane. Yeah. Or like I, when I was a little girl, I remember waking up and we were sleeping in a tent out in um, Eastridge. Yeah. And uh, I remember getting out of that tent because it was freezing and it was snowing out. And uh, it was because we were homeless. But like my experiences with cold happened a lot. <laughs> and you know, I remember when I first early met you on, you were like resistant to the cold too. Um, yeah, I guess so. Like, I really didn't need thick jackets in the wintertime, you know, like a, like a hoodie would yeah. suffice. I mean, even now, that's all you wear. And what was really interesting, too, was that I was hardly sick when I was growing up. I remember when I was 16 and I got the flu. I mean, I probably had it before, but I don't recall. I just remember that time when I was 16 because I thought I was going to die. <laughs> but it seemed like my health was okay, you know, where I didn't have too many health problems um growing up maybe that was attributed to the cold too i don't know yeah so let's jump to our camping let's jump to that i'm kind of curious what you what made what made you want to do that what made you want us to camp um i think for myself i wanted my children to experience it like i said being homeless or being poor, you know, a lot of times during the wintertime, we didn't have enough heat to keep warm. Mm-hmm. I remember coming back and knowing that the house was going to be cold, like the trailer house was going to be freezing cold. <laughs> and it's almost like you had to prepare yourself for that, you know. And um, I remember getting under all the blankets, but it still wasn't warm enough because the blankets were cold too. Mm. So I just... um wanted my own children to experience something like that to take them out of their comfort zone. I think from my understanding, um, when we started doing a lot of the work that we do, 
it was all about taking yourself out of your comfort zone so that you can grow. And for me, I wanted my children to be out of their comfort zone so that they could grow where they're not stuck, you know, sitting idle because life, you know, that we provided for them really didn't require much, you know, except for them to be kids and to play and to learn, you know. So I think the first time we camped out in winter was with uh, Santi and that was on the land and Papa Ted gave us this uh, tent. It was like a military tent, a army tent, whatever. Yeah. Uh, green and heavy canvas tent. And uh, it had some like holes and stuff in it. But, it, you know, it worked. But it was freezing. <laughs> Do you remember what, what part of the year that was? Was it the early winter or the late winter? Um, or was it dead in the middle of it? I think it was probably the beginning of winter because... Um, Santi and Leroy and Sebastian ran into a rattlesnake, which was really surprising because there was snow on the ground and it was really cold, but they ran into a rattler. And, uh, at that time it really shocked me like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe they're still out and it's this cold. Um, but it's possible, you know, for them to be out like that. It's just, you know, I was really limited. Yeah. I, I was really proud of us too, because I remember Santi came with his girls and, uh, I remember they had to retreat because of the cold. We had to retreat because of the cold too. At one point, we um, we got back and the temperature just dropped so low. It was just so cold. Yeah. So from that first experience, I was thinking that the, the next time we're going to do this, we're going to be a lot more prepared. Yeah, I think so. I think you have to go through things like that to, in order to understand though. Mm-hmm. And we really didn't understand so going through situations like that, it's like you, it gets you to think, mm-hmm. okay, so what do I do better next time? How do I keep heat in my tent? You know, all these different things that you have to um, figure out along the way. Yeah. And that's why I wanted my children to be out of their comfort zone, be in that cold so that they can start thinking like that beyond what they're used to. Yeah. Yep. So what happened was is that we acquired a tent and then uh, we got to uh, Porcupine and what we were doing was we were preparing for our tree tapping season. And what we were going to do is get the land ready, prepare wood, get all of our gear together, find out the areas that we're going to use for tapping and figure out a place for our boil that was going to happen. So uh, this was about would you say last month and the uh, early part of March? It was late part of March because we were figuring that in maybe the late part, early April, something like that, the trees will start flowing. Right. Um, but it's been unusually cold. I guess unusual for us because we're so used to warm winters now. But um, I guess we weren't really prepared for that. We thought it was going to warm up by then. The sap would be flowing. And we weren't... We weren't um According to the weather forecast, there wasn't any like winter storms, but here, whenever we got there, we got hit almost every day with a snowstorm hmm. while we were out camping. Hmm. It was pretty cold. It was. Very I remember cold. that. Yeah. I remember one snowstorm that they were expecting, but I thought it was in Rapid City. But still, it was cold. Mm-hmm. It was snowing. Um, it was a good experience because it was so cold. 
And uh, the thing that really um, surprised me, and I don't know why it surprised me, because I thought maybe my babies will be tapping out and, yeah, let's go to grandma and grandpa's, you know. Yeah. Because it's so cold. There was one night we had to because it was so cold. Right. But, excuse me, but what was uh, surprising to me and what made me really proud was that they were like, no, we're okay. And all we had were our sleeping bags. And uh, stocking caps and this tent that was a little thicker than you would find at Walmart. Yeah. So it kind of protected us that way. And I was able to hang some of the blankets inside the tent, which really didn't do too much, I don't think. But in my mind, it was like more insulation, you know. (laughs) So them wanting to, um, I guess, tough it out was, uh, it was a proud moment for me. Yeah. What was your memory of the camping? I think I was a little afraid, afraid that um, they would be uncomfortable. It's crazy because I wanted them to be uncomfortable. I know. <laughs> but I was also afraid that they would be uncomfortable. I guess um, that just tells me I need to have a little bit more faith in my babies, you know what I mean? Right. And it was, the temperature the first night was like well before, below freezing. And I, I was just like so concerned about like them because they kick off their sleeping bags or they kick off their blankets all the time. And I was just like, man, I hope they don't do that in the middle of the night. I I mean. Was it below freezing? Yeah, it was like 13 degrees the first night. Then it jumped up to 18 the the second night. So it almost stayed like 20. Yeah. Except for the last night where we had to bail because it was actually below. It was in negatives. Yeah, it was below zero. Yeah, it was below zero, so we had to go to your, your parents' house. Yeah. And it was only because it was too cold. We right. couldn't warm up. Even in our sleeping bags, we couldn't warm up. Well, we only had sleeping bags, too. Like, we didn't have, like, more than that. And our, the insulation that we had for our tent was just a tent wall. Well, we had a couple blankets that were covering us, but that's what we put on the walls. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that that first night, I just kept waking up in the middle of the night and just kept checking on him. And I, and I just recall, man, I'm going to be tired tomorrow. That, like, I, you know how you're, you have, you have a restless night and as a parent, you're just thinking, oh man, I'm just going to have a hard time the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was saying that, um, I was telling you that being in the cold, sleeping in the cold, like constantly, mm. you know, not being shielded from it because most of the times we sat by the, the fire or we were outside doing something. Mm-hmm. We didn't go into the tent until nighttime when we were ready to go to sleep. So we really didn't get shielded from it. In the area that we were in, um, John, our brother, was saying that it created like this, uh, like a whirl whirlwind. Oh, yeah. Almost like a whirlwind because the, uh, the wind came at every angle. And mm-hmm. it was right when he, he said that. That was so right because that's exactly how it was. We really didn't know how to shield ourselves from the wind. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it was a, a great experience because I feel like being in that cold constantly like that was um, was really like healing for myself. Because I told you I felt like I was in my 20s again. Whenever we woke up the next day? Yeah, when we were, I was like, I thought I would be stiff. I thought I would have a hard time getting off the ground. I thought, you know, because we were chopping wood and we were moving things, that I would be sore, you know, and I didn't experience any of that. I was just ready to go. 
Like I, I was up, you know, had to go outside somewhere to go use the restroom and I was awake. I know. I couldn't believe that either. Whenever I got up, I just felt so energized and my back and my hip just felt, I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. It was, it was so good on my bones. It just haven't felt like that in a while. And that exposure to the cold just made me feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Just being outside, especially. Yeah. Well, I think about that because um, you see a lot of these older photos from our ancestors, the uh, Lakota, mm-hmm. and you don't see them with like thick, heavy, you know, like furs clothing. And stuff like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Their clothing wasn't like, you know, really thick. And it's almost like they had a, a blanket draped over them. You know, and and cotton dresses, um, but it was like really thin clothing, and it made me wonder if they were so acclimated, in tune yeah. with the weather that you know they probably migrated to another area that wasn't as cold, and um, but could handle that type of cold if they had to. Yeah, you know, being in a winter storm was probably a breeze for them. You know, compared to us, where we freak out because the electricity is going to go off. Right. You know, and and we're going to freeze inside our houses. But it really made me think about that. Like, how important is cold to our health? Right. To our well-being? Because you really don't think that. You think, I want to be warm all the time. Right. You never, ever go outside your comfort level. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who hate winter because it's cold. And, uh, I mean, you got to stop and think. What are we missing out on by not having any type of exposure to cold like this? Right. I, I keep thinking about all these movements that are happening all around the world with cold exposure. I remember our athletes, uh, like our NBA and NFL, they're all getting their, their bodies into cold water right after they they perform. And I think they're only getting like the basic, the basic exposure to the cold, like mm. that first that first acclimation point, you know, because like right after you get acclimated to the cold, it's almost like you're used to it after that point. Yeah, it, it changes you for sure, because spending that time out of um, the house, out of the heat, um, that that last night that we had to tap, we had to tap out and um, go to your parents' house. It was really hot and so uncomfortable in their house. Yeah. Was, and I, I think they barely had the heater on. Yeah. But it was like, maybe we should have just stayed out there because yeah. of how uncomfortable we were. I, I recall that, too. I was up all night just because I could not get comfortable. Well, that's what the, the babies were saying, too. They were saying that it was too hot. But, yeah, the the, the cold is, is one of those things that, for me, has uh, taught me a lot of lessons. I mean, just for one, my... the taking the inflammation down on my back and my hip, like just made me feel so good. Like I just wanted to be out there all the time after that. I just noticed that. I noticed too, that um, we weren't hungry as much. I think we only ate once a day, yeah. twice a day, maybe tops. Yeah. But then um, we drank a lot of tea, like they had mentioned. Yeah. And, and I said, you know, when we're out here, we're going to, we're going to drink wakbe. We're going to drink tea. So they um, had tea with every meal, and and they really enjoyed it. And what I appreciate with my babies is that they don't put sugar or any type of sweetening in their tea. They just drink it as is, Mm -hmm. which I was, you know, really grateful for. 
but every night they had a a cup of tea. And and I can just imagine, you know, our ancestors got a lot of their nutrients or, you know, what they needed, like antioxidants and, and things like that from uh, tea. Yeah. So it kind of made us think about that also. So it's like a combination of things, you know, being out there in the cold. You, you start to feel a lot better. You don't eat as much. You're active. Yeah. You're active so that you don't get cold. So you're not just sitting there and doing nothing. I was doing some research on this, too, and it says the cold air is good for your brain. It boosts your brain activity, your focus, and helps you think more clearly. Would you say that's kind of what happened? Yeah, I think so. And then I don't think we were very moody either, which was really interesting, because you would think in the snow you'd be miserable. Yeah, because Arlo do get ornery sometimes. All the time. (laughs) Another thing that I was doing some research on, it says that the cold strengthens your heart. Exercising outdoors in the winter makes your muscles work stronger. Your heart muscles work stronger. It's harder for your blood to pump and maintain the body's temperature. So that's another good thing that's going on in your system is that your heart is working harder just to keep your body warmer and you're burning more calories. Mm -hmm. Did you feel anything with your heart? Mm, I think that I just felt a lot better. I'm kind of like borderline hypertension. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, usually I'll feel my heart like beating all of a sudden, you know, especially after I eat Mm -hmm. and uh, I'll feel my blood pressure. You know, it's just like, oh, my blood pressure is going up because I can feel it in my heart. I didn't have issues like that while I was out there. At all? No. And I don't, I was thinking about that because I thought, you know, was it because we were busy? Yeah. And um, my mind wasn't, you know, idle. So I could concentrate on it. You know, I was doing something, even carving a wooden paddle out of cottonwood. But I was doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that it says uh, that I read about is that it helps with your sleep. When we're trying to sleep, uh, the body's temperature, uh, core temperature, will drop naturally whenever you sleep. So that process takes a while to, to, to catch up. And I guess what happens is... The cold weather just makes you sleep better. Hmm. Because I remember the first night we <laughs> the slept. First night. The first night we slept 12 hours. Yeah, we did. We slept for 12 hours. And I thought, man, it's so cold. I don't think I'm going to sleep. I know. <laughs> I'm going to be tossing and turning, trying to stay warm. I remember looking at my watch and it said 8.30. And I was like, oh, man, we don't go to bed until like midnight. <laughs> Yeah, we're night owls. We do the majority of our work. I mean, if you notice on the Makoche website, like a lot of times we're we're recording in the evening time and that that work usually goes into the early morning hours. So being tired at 8.30 was really surprising. Yeah. And uh, whenever I asked Azure and Lou, I said, uh, you guys got to go to bed. And I did. I said it like once. You know, typically you're telling your children, you got to go to bed, you got to go to bed. But I remember saying it once Mm -hmm. and they were gone. Yeah. And I was so nervous when I was going to bed too, because like I said, it was cold. I wasn't sure what we're going to, what the exposure was going to do to them. And then uh, when I woke up the next day, felt like a million bucks. Yeah. I I remember when we were going to sleep, we were like, put your stocking caps on so that he don't leave for your head. You know, and then make sure that you bury your face in your uh, sleeping bag. So they just kind of scoot it down because they're a lot shorter than us. Yeah. 
And um, Jay's kind of scooted down and was like in a little cocoon, <laughs> which I, I think kept them warm because they're both little heaters. So um, that really helped them a lot. I remember my face freezing so much and I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I hope I don't get frostbite, you know, just going, my, my mind was like going to the worst places. Right. But um, after being there the second day and the third day, it was like, oh, this isn't so bad. So just closing thoughts. What are your thoughts on this whole cold experiment? I think everybody needs to do it. I kind of... Um, thought about when you were talking about um, being Dene and how they wash the babies in the snow like that um, and we let these guys do that I remember they, they bathed in the snow when the snow first fell here in Rapid and um, and I went out there I think we all went did you go out there too? Mm -hmm. okay so after doing that you know I, I was thinking about like Lakota and what we were whenever we would grow up they would uh, every time it would snow they were always like purification. Yeah. It's cleaning everything, yeah. you know? And and sometimes I wonder if that's what that meant. It's almost like it you go through the year until you get to winter and then it starts detoxing you or something. But um I think that if anybody's interested in it, you know, do more research on it and I really feel like it has um like a lot of benefits for your health, for your wellness. With my babies, this is how I think. The way I grew up was very limited with the things that were taught to me because it was all about survival. So with my own children, what I want to do is expose them as much as I possibly can to being outside, to understanding fears, because I, I grew up very fearful of everything. But I want to kind of instill that curiosity, which they probably, well, they do have. But I want to support that curiosity. And I want them to learn through feeling stuff, going through these experiences. And I, I feel like for myself as a mother, to provide them opportunities like that where by the time, you know, they're old enough and they need to understand who they are, they would have a great idea of who they are and not, not back down from that and be able to stand strong. And I really hope that from them being exposed to animals and the trees and the plants that they would understand that there's a lot more to life than like being on Facebook or talking about the issues that are going on in the world and it just being that. I want them to have other worries like are they going to learn enough about the plants and the animals' relationships with each other in order to understand where we fit in like that. So I can't speak for other people. I'm only sharing my own experience as a mother. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. That tea smells amazing right now. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to find out more information about Makoche Agriculture Development, go to our website, makocheag.org. 
You'll find all our social media. And please consider subscribing. It helps us. Helps us do these shows. And let us know how we did. I'd like to know. All right, we're tapping out. Because next episode, we're talking about tapping, baby. Doksha. Music by Estampa. Thank you.